Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. Gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 159. My name is Jay. I am your host, the Jedi Ross. Welcome back, kids. This week, in the L5J studios, we are very happy to welcome Mr. Benjamin Krieger. Benjamin Krieger is an independent comic maker from the Oregon area. He is the founder of Warrior Innkeeper Comics. You can check that out at warriorinkeeper.com. Com. And also, this weekend, he will be shacking up at the Northwest Comic Fest. So if you happen to be out in that area and you are dropping by that comic convention, please make sure that you find Mr. Benjamin Krieger and say hello and check out his awesome new project because that's what we sit down to talk about. The book is called The Black Suit of Death. And uh, it's a really, really original, cool take on the lore, legacy, and legend of the Grim Reaper. I'm very, very excited to read this book after sitting down and talking to Ben about it. Ben is a very, very cool guy. Uh, He's been making comics for about seven years or so now, so uh, he's got a few things behind him. But The Black Suit of Death, the series, the Kickstarter begins today, in fact. And today being August 15th. 2015 um yeah so a few reminders i would just like to remind you that volume two of the first hero by anthony rutgazer from action lab very very good friend of mine uh volume two of the first hero yes it dropped in fact on wednesday so get out to your local comic shop pick up the first hero volume two because it's got to be good enough that they bothered to make a volume two or all you kids wouldn't have gone out there to support its kickstarter so make sure that you do that. Also, huge congratulations goes out to Travis McIntyre and his team for the successful fundage of their Kickstarter for Bayani and the Nine Daughters of the Moon. Congratulations, kids. Fantastic stuff. Can't wait to read the book. Uh, go check out, uh, I think there may be a day left or something. 
There might be a few hours, 10 hours, something. If it is, go check out. Uh, either way, pay attention and look out for Bayani and the Nine Daughters of the Moon coming from Travis McIntyre and his team out there in Michigan. So, uh, yeah, good times. Uh, more stuff coming next week for you. We're going to keep it rolling along as we get closer and closer to Fan Expo Canada Labor Day weekend at the Metro Toronto Convention Center in beautiful downtown Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I have so many wonderful, awesome friends and people coming up uh, to see the show, and I can't wait to see them all. I can't wait to see all of you. Hopefully, you guys are listening right now. But uh, it's going to be good times. But as I said, for now, this week on the show, Mr. Benjamin Krieger, the black suit of death. Enjoy. Now, uh, you and I, we just met on a brand new Facebook group called yeah. uh, Creator Owned. A uh, buddy of mine, good friend of the show, Jay Webb. Uh, he's out in England land there, and he added <laughs> me into the group, so I thought I'd introduce myself via the podcast. And uh, you were the first individual to reach out there. So, uh, Sweet. yeah, it's not often that I go into a conversation quite so blind <laughs> and uninformed, but uh, that's easy enough because that just means we can basically start at the beginning. So you are out in Oregon, yes? Yeah, the lovely state of Oregon. Nice. Born and raised? Uh, mm. Born and mostly raised in Oregon. Uh, my family was a little bit nomadic, but we stayed in the Northwest. So, you know, sometimes we're in Oregon, sometimes we're in Washington. And uh, as an adult, I moved over to Idaho for a little bit and then came back to Oregon. And I was in the military, so been oh, all right the on. country and <laughs> what, uh, trying desperately to settle down <laughs> and stay in one place. Yeah, I hear you. What branch of the military did you serve in? Uh, U.S. Army National Guard, which is uh, really weird because, like, people say that, oh, you're a weekend warrior. It's like, well, for the first four years, I was full time. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I know a few people who've. It's it's crazy, actually. What I've learned from meeting veterans is uh, the different ways to actually serve time. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's there's volunteers, there's weekends, there's nights, there's four months, there's two months, there's full tours. Yeah, it's uh, there's so many different ways to go about it. I never realized this until I started talking to more people down down states way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's good times. So I, I perused uh, your site there, Warriors Innkeeper Comics, is it? Warrior Innkeeper Comics, and we actually had a name change last year. Um, I haven't updated the website yet, which is horrible, I know. But uh, I branched out into uh, marketing and advertising and uh, graphic design, and so we changed it to Warrior Innkeeper Creative to um, show that expansion in our, our skills and our services. I say our, but you know it's mostly me. And uh, whatever people I can convince to help me get work done. <laughs> oh no, I totally, I totally feel you. I can't help but uh, I always say we in regards to this podcast, which I completely do by myself. And you know, I do it all by myself. 
And yeah. I have a lot of friends who are off and on, you know, kind of your wacky, zany regulars, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, and a lot of people have helped me along the way, a lot of support. So I can't help but say we. And, uh, yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. So how how does it start for you? Have you always been a comic kid? Have you just always been into the creative side of life? Or I got into comics um, when I was, I don't know, a teenager. I I'd always known about superheroes, you know, big Superman fan, watched the movies when I was just a baby and, you know, uh, <clears throat> watched the TV shows and my dad got me into the Hulk TV show. So I was always aware of superheroes and, you know, I had one or two comic books here and there, um, but I didn't really start collecting until I was around, I don't know, 12, I think. Right on. And I discovered... Um, a Spider-Man comic at uh, a local grocery store and read it and got really into it and couldn't wait till the next month. And then that infamous um, uh, Rob Liefeld commercial that Spike Lee did was on television around that time. <laughs> yeah. And it was all X-Force. And X-Force looks so cool that, you know, as soon as I got a chance to get down to the grocery store again, I grabbed X-Force number two and I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like really into that for a long time. And that inspired me to actually uh you know do a few homemade comic books when i was a teenager right on but i actually always thought i'd be an actor so i i got into theater pretty heavy and and then in uh college i started writing screenplays and doing little things with uh friends and whatnot and then uh for whatever reason i fell away from it and I took a, a, a practical job. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, did a lot of graveyard manufacturing. Great paycheck. But I was never happy. And then I served in the Army for a while and came back. And uh, when my life was flipped upside down, um, this uh, random dude approached me, said he heard through uh, my coworkers that uh, I – write and I like comic books because I'm, I'm a very visual geek always have some sort of Superman shirt on right on <laughs> and uh, with pride yes exactly <laughs> and he invited me to uh, do a short story for this anthology as uh, comic zine he was doing zines wow yeah and that was just awesome seeing your story for the first time drawn as artwork you know and uh, it changed my life. I, I, I like to say he saved my life because since then I've discovered, you know, this is what I should have been doing sure. all those years. And uh, now I've been doing that uh, for seven years and been a publisher for five of those years. Yeah, I noticed. Wasn't uh, didn't I see like 2009 or something? Yeah, you start, that's that's fantastic, man. That's uh, yeah. it's a bit of a run. And I have to say. There's certain elements to your telling there that felt really familiar because, I mean, I was probably – I remember when I was a kid and uh, totally Superman was it. You know, that's how you kind of got introduced in the early 80s to that sort of thing. And my father took me to meet Lou Ferrigno at a a car show. It wasn't even (laughs) a Comic-Con. It was a car show down in like Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he took me down there when I was really young, and I met the Hulk, and I got this, like, it was like this kid's 
like I don't even know what to call it. It was like play gear. It was like like bracelets with like a and like a plastic like voice changer. And <laughs> it was like a belt. It was like a weird like Hulk utility thing. And I too, when I was about twelve or thirteen, it was Spider Man that really hooked me into actually buying comics. And I would go down to my local convenience store and that's where I would get my comics. Yeah. And that was that's what you did back in the day. You just went down to the convenience store, you know, got some bottle of Coke, couple of beef patties and your comic books, right? Like it was yep. <laughs> it was a fantastic time. And I too wanted to be an actor. It's all I cared about. And uh, I knew exactly what pulled me away, and that was just far too many drugs. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, you know, you get into other things. And I, I, I actually became an arborist of all the weird oh, wow. shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the kid, the little fat drama goth kid boy who wanted to be an actor ended up being a tree climber. It's just the most whacked out thing that's happened to me. But podcasting and, you know, having a love for comics which is i mean i've been going to comic cons for like a good 15 years it's it's it kind of re-sparked all that old stuff in me right so i've been yeah. like dabbling and trying to get into more like voiceover and stuff and it just shows that the dream never dies and no matter what you're doing you know no once you're working infected, hard it's over yeah totally <laughs> i mean look at you i mean geez 2009 man you've been working it hard for years now yeah um uh, I'm nearing uh, issue or comic book number 20. I've uh, published um, 19 uh, books. Uh, now, a couple of those, I'll be fair, a couple of those were uh, reprints that were um, had some editing done to them to make them, you know, better, more professional. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, you know, the total is, in my mind, 19. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, they're just and, variants, uh, technically, right? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think that's a pretty good for a five-year run. I know um, a lot of indie guys, you know, are just struggling, you know, trying to get their first or second book out in that time period. So I'm feeling privileged, you know, really, that I was able to do that. Um, not everyone gets that chance. And <clears throat> yeah, well, it sounds like you got in. I I want to say super early. I mean, it was 2009, but even compared to now. We're going into 2016 soon enough. That's, you know, that's a good better part of a decade to have been cemented working in a time when it's just overrun with independent creators right now. You know, I like that it's overrun with indie creators. Oh, it's a good thing. I don't. I, yeah, I don't want that to sound negative at but all. Yeah, anybody um, can make their thing now. It's fantastic for sure. Yeah. But it is. It's it's hard to stick out, right? Yeah, it is. Um, we're kind of in like a. I don't know, a, a second renaissance. In the 80s, 70s and 80s, there was, you know, kind of a, a, a boom of independent creators. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to go to uh, little pawn shops and thrift shops and try and find those old 80s independent comic books and see if I can find a whole run. Uh, the best I've done is, you know, four issues out of six. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's then, a deep then, hunt, man. That's like a yeah. specialized mission. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the '90s, there was a boom. You know, comics were selling millions of copies. It was awesome. Yeah. We're all excited. We thought we were going to make money off those. <laughs> They're all worthless now. Yeah. Uh, well, not some of them have good stories, so there's value there. But uh, it wasn't until yeah around uh, 2005 and going forward where indie comics started to make a comeback. You know. Um, 
Arcania and Boom Studios, I think, helped a lot with that. And yeah, now lot, we've got, sure. in my opinion, the best independent company out there is Valiant. Though, you know, you can question if it's actually independent or not, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, we actually there was uh, it was actually it was quite a few episodes ago, but on this show we have had some we had some pretty deep one or two pretty deep discussions. I remember we went on pretty much the whole hour of whether or not that they still count as an independent comic creator. So that's that's totally a deep question. But, it is. <laughs> but yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> but they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't be pimping them, but I should pimp myself. But <laughs> well, no, it's, it's I, I just, you know, there's it, things that you aspire to, and uh, you know, I've looked at uh, the rise of Boom, and uh, uh, been lucky enough to have you know one or two very short conversations with Ross Ritchie over uh, Facebook. That's actually um, helped me kind of guide my company to where I wanted to go, and now I've watched the the second rise of Valiant. Um, I don't count their claim history. That was tar- terrible. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you know, you can watch these these companies and see how they tackle the issues of independent comics because it is um, a very difficult thing to do uh, just to get a comic made, let alone try and sell it, let alone try and uh, get people to notice it, and you know, hopefully they read it and like it and they come back for more. But, uh, you know, there's certain things that you can do. Uh, look at these other companies, how they're doing it. Talk to other creators, see how they did it. It's, it's been a really fun journey. Um, definitely a roller coaster ride, though, up and down. But, uh, us creative types are always, you know, on some sort of roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) (laughs) It can be a manic existence for sure. (laughs) Yes. Um, what about, okay, well, tell me a bit about the comics itself. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested also in this. Uh, is it Little Ab- Little Abraham? Uh, Little Lincoln. Sorry, uh, Little the, Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the I, I like I like gaudy, awful long titles. Uh, <laughs> so the comic is uh, called "The Less Than Historical Adventures of Little Lincoln." That way, I got a little insurance, you know, so people can't yell at me for not being historically accurate, <laughs> which I, I, I take license. <laughs> oh well, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it tells the story of Abraham Lincoln when he's ten years old. He goes on an adventure with his mutt Fido, and uh, I totally screwed up my elevator speech. I mean, let me start over. <laughs> Reset. <laughs> Reset. Will Lincoln is about a ten-year-old Abe Lincoln who goes on adventures with his. Mutt Fido. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but I say this all the time and I can't get her right. Okay, anyway, so he has adventures uh, with uh, characters from American folklore. Oh, cool. So um, the first story arc, uh, issues one through three, focus on um, him running into Davy Crockett and uh, Jim Bowie. Now, are they kid versions of them as well? No, they're the bad guys. Oh, okay. So I, I do a lot of... Uh, Flipping on history. Sure, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and uh, so we have a we have a lot of fun with that. Um, and who works on that one with you? That one is done with my good buddy, um, an Englishman named uh, Paul Johnson. Cool. Uh, he is a joy to work with because, like, I'll send him the script. I'll think I've put in you know really great jokes. And then he'll send the pages back, and his visual gags are better than what I wrote. 
<laughs> and I get so mad. <laughs> but it's but it's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that uh, in a collaborative art that is really awesome because you get to share all these great ideas. You know, you get to have these little tiny little wars between you and the other creators going, okay, I'm going I'm to be funnier than you. No, and then they're funnier than you. And you got, it's terrible, but awesome at the same time because the end product is... Uh, oh, benefits so much. Yeah. Just benefits, yeah, a lot. And that book was a lot of fun. And that was the very first comic we did. It We started as a, uh, a web comic on smackjeeves.com. It's actually still up there. The uh, some of the original stuff, some of the new stuff. Wow, <laughs> uh, that was that was back in. Uh, let's see, I think it went live in 2010, and um, we learned a lot by doing web comics because we got that instant feedback every week. Sure, yeah, I imagine, yeah. When we were done with the first issue, we. You know, talk to each other and said, "Hey, we've learned a lot since we started this. Let's redo it." <laughs> and so we spent the next uh, few months uh, rewriting and redrawing the entire book, but this time specifically for print. And so, in 2011, it was one of our first two, one of uh, Warrior Innkeeper's first two comic books to be in print, and we debuted that at uh, Emerald City Comic Con up in Seattle. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I had Paul fly out, and it was his first con ever, and so he was very excited about it, and we had just a blast up there in Seattle. And he flew out from England for this. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. Uh, have you done the con circuit much? Uh, unfortunately, it's really expensive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I only do uh, local cons, Northwest stuff, which is um, really – Unfortunate because it makes it difficult to get other people to know about your work. Sure. But uh, plane tickets and table costs are just a little too high to justify, you know, going anywhere that's outside of driving distance. Oh yeah, completely. I understand that. And it's uh, there's so many other factors. I mean, you're a family guy, and just arranging, you know, cutting out. Yeah, my your family's grown a lot since years. I started. Yeah, you know, I. It's the one time a year for Fan Expo Canada, and it's the one time a year my family knows for four days I don't exist. I'm not <laughs> here. Even if I walk into the house, don't acknowledge me. Don't. Well, they can talk to me, but you know what I mean. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. No responsibilities shall be shifted in my direction for those four days a year. You know what I mean? I'll give yeah. you Christmas. I'll give you everything else. But uh, yeah, no, I hear you, man. It can be. It can be. Be tough to get around, but uh, at least there are a few local cons in your area, yeah. Yeah, um, actually, there's kind of been a small uh, boom of cons. So, uh, Portland Comic Con was uh, purchased. I can't remember by who, but they have ties to Emerald City, and so now they're called Rose City Comic Con, and I think this is their third or fourth year uh, as Rose City. Um. And then here, I live in Independence, Oregon, which is just outside the capital of Salem. And Salem, actually, uh, s some uh, friends uh, got together at a local comic shop, uh, uh, Tony's Kingdom of Comics. And they called themselves Enthusiasts of Comics or something. I'm going to screw this up. <laughs> I hope they don't get mad at me if they listen to this. 
anyways, out of that little group, it, it was almost like, like I would describe it from an outside view. I never got to go. I have kids. I can never go. <laughs> sure, yeah, I hear you. Well, from what I understand is the two cons that are happening in Salem came out of that group. It's almost like a think tank for Comic-Cons. Like, we want to bring a Comic-Con to Salem. How do we do this? Sure. Well, they created the Cherry City Comic-Con, which uh, they just had their second year. Cherry City Comic-Con. That sounds super familiar. Well, I don't want to get into it. But after their first year, there was a little controversy. Oh, there was? Okay, I don't know. Uh, that might be why you, if, you, if we share similar Facebook friends, and I'm pretty sure we do. I think what uh, I'm thinking is, uh, well, no, Dirk Manning, uh, for those of you out there familiar with writer Dirk Manning, it, it might not be, it might be like Cherry Hill. There's some Comic-Con that he attends with the word cherry in the title. Oh, no, I don't think he's been up here. Okay, that's all I'm going on. Yeah. I think it's probably closer to Michigan, so I don't think it's the one I'm thinking about, but sorry probably about that. Not. Sorry, I just, brain, <laughs> I just had a brain twist moment there, kids. I apologize. but uh, So the scene is there is something building out there. There is something to yeah. – some support structure going on. and Yeah. Um, this coming weekend is really exciting. I might be jumping ahead a little bit here, but uh, there's this big, weird – festival coming out called the Northwest Comic Fest, and it's uh, a festival that centers around comic book arts, but it's uh, so much more. There's crazy. There's a music fest at the same time, a film fest. Uh, They're going to be roasting, um, oh, what's his name? I'm going to get his last name wrong. Steve Cardenas, the Red Ranger from the original Power Rangers series. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're going to be roasting him at a local bar. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, they're also, uh, they're also going to be training you how to be a superhero. There's like martial arts, uh, classes, fencing, parkour, break dancing. I mean, it's, it's going to be a huge festival. Um, I'm feeling pretty lucky to be a part of it. I'm hoping that, uh, sounds like Geekapalooza or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 It's just that all this like rad. geeky stuff all together all at once. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a wild, wild ride. That sounds like a wild ride, man. That's. Uh, I hope you have a good time there. That's. Uh, that's a really cool idea. That's an idea that should spread for sure. Yeah. I, I thought that before. I was like, I guess weather is an unpredictable factor, but I'm surprised <laughs> there's not more outdoor like comic cons and comic festivals. You know, it's. Yeah. I yeah, guess I um, guess it really is an element, elemental thing, like with those kind of products. But it's it's too bad it couldn't be pulled off somehow, because that'd be super cool, you know. Yeah, Olympia, uh, up in Washington, Olympia, Washington, the capital there, they've had a small uh, comic festival for uh, many years. It was actually the first uh, comic convention thing that I ever did as a, uh, I guess, working creator. Um. And that was really exciting because they had, you know, they had one band and they had uh, all these. It was like very, very focused on independent works. And there was some outdoor stuff, but uh, nothing real. I don't know how to describe it. I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> they tried something. It they was... tried something. <laughs> they tried every year. They went for something. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. So, but, uh, so yeah, this this new thing it's it's just a huge festival. So it's 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 very Salem. Also, it's it's 
very very sam <laughs> you'd have to be sure, here I, yeah it. i'd have to i'm not <laughs> even from the country so you know <laughs> um so very soon uh you have a new kickstarter beginning yes is that it's what are we at eight days nine days till it starts uh five six days depends on how you want to do the countdown i'm doing it um the six days from now will be number one day of the uh, Kickstarter launch. Right. Um, does that make sense? Yes, yes. <laughs> In six days, the Kickstarter launches. <laughs> yes. That day you will be able to support. Why don't you tell the fine people what it is that they uh, should be supporting? All right. Well, this goes back to uh, uh, our second first comic book, which was uh, The Black Suit of Death. Uh, we first... Uh, well, I guess I'll explain what that is first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the oh, where is it? I'm gonna read you guys something because I don't want to screw this elevator speech up either. <laughs> you're gonna have to right, get so, it down before the Kickstarter I, starts, yeah. man. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to start spewing this one out. I usually, soon. I'm usually good at this. I don't know what's wrong with me today. <laughs> uh, the Black City of Death. It's an independent satirical science fiction comic with elements of horror. Now, uh, to describe it a little better, it's, um, in my view, uh, the true story of the Grim Reaper is, is kind of how we sell it. Um, so, a long time ago... I'm loving that the true story of the Grim Reaper <laughs> is a satirical one. <laughs> right never mind a sci-fi one but do go i on. know we my co-writer and i just kind of went all out and your uh, co-writer is edward ellsworth okay uh he's a good buddy of mine i've known him for uh, i think i think it's like 20 years now sweet when we were young and still trying to you know be filmmakers or whatever we made a couple really really bad short films <laughs> uh one of them was a parody of Scream, and uh, we saw potential in our uh, black-suited character, and so we wrote a, another draft, another script, and filmed that and called it The Black Suit of Death. And it's, it, it follows um, the modern-day pilot of a biomechanoid alien suit that the Grim Reaper myths are based on it's been uh, handed down from one pilot to another throughout the history of mankind That's and a cool uh, idea man <laughs> yeah we have a lot of fun oh my god there's so many ideas it's hard to like okay where are we going to tell the story so what 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 is his purpose is does he carry out the duties of a grim reaper does he bring death or he is obsessed with death okay. uh, <laughs> like what does so the we, suit enable him to do you know what I mean? Um, well, the suit was uh, created by kind of a mad scientist from the planet Utopia 9. They had a bit of an overpopulation problem, and it was draining their energy reserves. So his solution was to create a suit that could judge those who are worthy of Utopia and those who are not. Those who are not were sacrificed, their life force fed into the energy core of the planet, and this was his idea of like how he's going to save the world. Oh, this is messed up, man. I love it. Well, 
the 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 leaders of the planet didn't like that too much. Uh, and he went berserk and killed a whole bunch of people. And I'm totally giving away the plot of the first comic, and I apologize, but it's essential <laughs> to understand. <laughs> well, I'm this letting I'm letting you really strange. Ride, I'm letting you right. ride out the spoilers here because you know how far <laughs> to take it. But I'm telling you, that's already more than enough to make me want to read the damn thing. <laughs> that's that's just a crazy idea. So yeah, it, this so all it, comes from just looking at a black figure and letting your mind go wild. Like that's uh, great. pretty much. Um, my friends and I were uh, or are you know pretty big fans of Terry Gilliam. Right on. And he once said that um, I'm so crazy I don't need drugs to come up with weird stuff. Right. And that was kind of our motto, you know, as, as young teens, you know, surrounded by, you know, people that want to go party and stuff. And we're like, you know what? We have so much fun, not on drugs. We don't dare touch them because we would go nuts and it would be bad. <laughs> You're scared <laughs> of what might happen, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that just that just kind of evolved out of it. Uh, Ed and I are, are – I love working with the dude because – our imaginations are like so much in sync. I mean, we we are both kind of have a dark sense of humors. We love B movies, um, and that's that's kind of where it comes from. It just it just kind of evolved organically. Uh, we never were able to shoot the film we always wanted because we never had any money. So in two thousand nine, when I took on this whole comic publishing thing. I called him up and said, you know that idea we had when we were kids? <laughs> what if we did it with a comic? And what if we, you know, did it without any limits? Because in a comic, you can do anything you want. You don't have to worry about budget. You don't have to worry about money. Well, you have to worry about money, but in a different way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but your sets could be extravagant. And then it kind of just evolved from there. He brought the science fiction element to it. And That's God, great. I just fell in love with that. That's great. Yeah, I'm loving yeah. the sound of this, man. And it totally has a certain like you describing it, there's a feel of youthful wonder <laughs> and imagination that went into figuring that out because that's just like, "What? What? Where is this going? What?" Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. kids are so good for that. Like just the most illogical paths of thought you've ever seen. You know? <laughs> like I love it. <laughs> yeah, one of my uh, favorite web comics is Axe Axe Cop. Have you read that one? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Well, I haven't Talk read it, but I've seen logic. the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. What's that like? That's based on like a ten-year-old's like ideas or some kind I of thing. I think his the the little boy that uh, the little brother. I think they started when he was five or six. He was pretty young when they started playing these games, and then like a couple year, one or two years later, he took the game and turned it into a comic book and. Or a web comic, and then from there it just kind of exploded with all of us, you know, weird geeky people on the internet finding something so original that it boggled our mind that we had to share it with everyone we knew. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I love that you've taken this uh, this idea and this archetype, and you've made it seem more real through means that are completely unreal. Like, yeah. like, like, even though it's it's stuff like sci-fi that you're using to kind of, you know, bring fact to it, you're still putting like a reason behind it. You're still giving it an explanation that even though it's sci-fi, you're still making it more real 
just by explaining it, right? So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing where you kind of go with a story like that because it feels to me like it could really open it up to like going to some whacked out places, whether they be dark or philosophical or. Uh, well, uh, because of the way we've set it up, we can go anywhere we want. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and, and I, I I love that about it because there's you know all these stories like the series that we're promoting on. Uh, Kickstarter and asking for funds to you know hire an artist to get it to draw, to get it drawn, and that's that takes place in modern day, and so you're introduced or reintroduced to the Black Suit of Death through a uh, you know average geeky kid. Right. Well, I say kid, but you know, 19 year old college student. Sure. I'm old. They're all kids to me. Feeling <laughs> 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 you. And uh, but through that, we're going to be able to tell um, this history and. Uh, what I'd like to do is, um, after the series ends, which, you know, hopefully it never will, but there's a definite, uh, 27 issue plan right now. Oh, damn. You're being, yeah. uh, it's bold. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we've been writing this for, well, like, I've been living with the character for, you know, 20 years. Sure. So he's always been in my head in the last, you know, five years. I've been just, just spewing ideas onto the computer screen. Hey, if you got them, put them out there, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Get them out. But, yeah. What we'd really like to do is uh, tell some of the past stories, too. Like, uh, what was the suit up to uh, during World War II? Or uh, oh, was the suit responsible for uh, the acts of the Angel of Death during um, uh, Moses' uh, time? <laughs> Just, just taking like these historical events where there was just this mass death and like, why did that happen? Who was behind it? Was there something behind it? And, yeah, it was the Black Suit of Death. Wow, He's you have put twenty with years destroying unworthy. <laughs> you have <laughs> to destroy the unworthy. <laughs> and um, oh, the bubonic plague idea I have is just awesome. I don't want to share it yet, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, you've you've given us more than enough to start to <laughs> drool over, man. I'm absolutely loving it. So. Uh, if you do, you don't have to say who, but do you have any artists in mind, or does that come? Uh, yes, actually. Okay, cool, cool. So uh, you do have a certain style that you want it to look like? Yeah, we have uh, a team of artists that I've worked with before. Um, the penciler, inker guy is just someone I'm a huge fan of, and um, more people need to know about him. Uh, Dexter Wee. Okay. Uh, he's uh, from the Philippines. And um, right now, his uh, probably his his biggest book that he's done, or, or at least that I'm aware of, is uh, the web comic Kirate Ibsen, which is kirateibsen.com, I believe. Um, that uh, oh, I'm gonna physician heal thyself is what that <laughs> means, right? Okay. And um, so he's been drawing that for several years. I think they just hit. Uh, 670 pages or something. They're pretty close to 700 pages. Wow. And uh, that's just been a really awesome book. Fun to, to read. It's written by uh, Neil Bailey, who is uh, another organ writer. And then um, this last year, I think it was, uh, he just uh, did the graphic novel Patriot One, which is by... Um, a uh, Facebook friend of mine, uh, Kevin Powers, he ran a successful Kickstarter for that and uh, got that paid for and out to everybody. And it's an awesome story about like a Afghan 
um, soldier who oh I can't I don't even know the look it up on Kickstarter right. don't give me it's attention. an awesome story I will <laughs> take your word for it it's it's a really fun story <laughs> action packed the action sequences that Dex drew in that are mind blowing very cool so when the opportunity came to do this Kickstarter uh, it just kind of like okay it was just like this is the time to do it. Um, you know, there I, is some art, right? Like, didn't I see a page or like a cover or an ad piece or something on your yeah, site? Yeah, there's a promo. There's a promo piece done by which um, looks very cool. Yeah, it's an Irish artist named uh, Craig Gilliland. Gilliland. Okay. I keep forgetting to ask him how to pronounce his name. Uh he does this. He he colored um, the original Black City of Death Ides of March comic book. He colored that book for me a couple years ago. Um. And uh, I hired him to do some promo work for me because his stuff is amazing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, no, it looks, looks very cool. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he's really busy with commissions, so I hired uh, a guy I'd worked with before on a couple uh, comic books. His name is Jeremy Kahn. He has his own comic book called. Uh, Ringa Raggedy. I got it right. And uh, that sounds he's, cool. Yeah, he's he's from the East Coast. What's awesome is that I get to work with all these people from around the country and around the world uh, because of Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah, isn't it great? Like this podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I've had so many teams of Indian. Like this is episode one hundred and fifty-eight. Oh, awesome. Wow. And uh, I've had so many independent comic creating teams on this show. And maybe one percent have actually met each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the, thank you, thanks to this wondrous thing of social media and the internet, so many incredible comics and stories have come to life, uh, but from people who have teamed up and never met each other, and yeah. it's amazing, and I love to see it because none of this shit would exist without the internet, and I love that it brings yeah. it to life, you know. Uh, yeah, the internet is really yeah. creating so many opportunities for creative people, especially and, artists in other yeah. countries, like Mexican oh, yeah. artists and South American artists. It's doing tons for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really awesome. Um, I've gotten to work with uh, two of my uh, childhood cartoonist people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, I uh, through the internet, uh, through Facebook, I. Um, contacted uh, Scott Shaw, who is best known for his award-winning work on the Muppet Babies and Flintstones and awesome. stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, he did the cover for uh, the first issue of Little Lincoln. Nice. <laughs> and I uh, had a Christmas card drawn by Fred Hembeck. Hembeck? I know that name. Uh, he did um, those... Uh, PD comics in the back of Spider-Man years ago. Yeah, I think With I know. It, yeah. His 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 styles, uh, signature style is like swirlies on the kneecaps and elbows and stuff. Sounds familiar. I think I think yeah. I'm familiar with him. But yeah, he, he's he's a pretty awesome dude. I have to tell you that. Very nice. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm kind of living the dream, uh, except. For the financial side, <laughs> but <laughs> well, that's that's the which, tough part, right? That's yeah. the same old story, yeah. Which is why we're ending up 
going to Kickstarter for our uh, next book. Right. Well, entice the people with uh, what do we got going on as far as rewards and tiers and such. Oh, I'm still working on that today. That's okay. I can give you a few. Um, I will just click over here. Okay, so I'm doing something a little bit crazy. Uh, At least that's what people are telling me. But (laughs) I believe very much in every dollar counts. Um, And so for $1, I am, you know, doing the classic Kickstarter thing. Putting your name on a thank you page because, hey, the book wouldn't get made without you. Right. But I'm also giving you a PDF of the Black Studio That Sketchbook, our first sketchbook from the Ides of March, our first comic. You get that whether or not the campaign is successful. Wow. So if you donate $1, you get a digital comic book. Wow. Like guaranteed. Guaranteed, no matter what. Wow, that is a new move. Yeah, it's uh, something I um, have been wanting to do for a while. I just think, you know, they're reaching out to you. They're saying, okay, I don't have a lot of money, but I want to support you, so here's a buck. Right. I'm going, well, you should be rewarded for that. So free book, $1. That's, well, not that's the kind of thing that would make me want to up bid or up pledge, even though that's a great deal. So... That's well, if you pledge, is all hell. That just shows love. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't do this unless people bought my books. You know, and the fact that people like the stuff I'm writing is really awesome, and I like giving back because I was given an opportunity. I was getting given a second chance to rebuild my life, and comics did that. The comic community helped me rebuild my life. And now, you know, I've got an awesome wife, ton of kids. Yeah, you got a brood. <laughs> yeah, I got a brood. And uh, I'm getting to write comic books and getting to meet people in the comic community. It's just uh, been great, so why not give back? Oh, I hear you, man. That's yeah. that's great. That's fantastic. I, I, I couldn't agree more, and I really hope it works. I mean, I think this is an idea that could definitely spread. I hope so. (laughs) uh, Yeah, no, definitely. And from the sounds of it, man, I'm very excited about this Kickstarter now. Uh, It's kind of, it's just a happy coincidence that you were the first one to reach out to me on that uh, group when I was like, hey, who wants to talk about their comics? And uh, you were quick enough to be like, well, shit, I do. (laughs) And uh, I'm very glad that we've done that because it's it sounds very original in a in a world of. A lot of unoriginality. Um, yeah, you know, not not all. There's of course some beautiful things out there, but uh, this this sounds different, man, and uh, that excites me. It's hard to be original. It's very. Uh, it really hard. is. Yeah, it's um, it's a hard but, time, you know? you know. And not even by right. like not saying people are trying to rip people off, but there's just already been so much created. It's very hard to help but be influenced by things. Well, there's seven billion of us. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> man, totally. Like sometimes I'll hear people get really excited about a new idea they have, and I know they're just completely forgetting that they know that idea from something else already. <laughs> and you hate to be the one to remind them, and you just, oh yeah, I know that sounds yeah. sounds great. You know, reminds me a little of this, <laughs> but this <laughs> reminds me of nothing, like nothing. That's There's awesome. That's good to hear. Nothing. That's... The most exciting part is what I said earlier. I love taking something and putting something concrete to it. Uh, I love uh, demystifying stuff, 
So, you know, even though it's a sci-fi idea, you know, you're giving me an origin for a Grim Reaper, I'm totally down. I'm an origin sucker, too. I'm a sucker for a good origin story, (laughs) you know? I spent years trying to find a practical origin for the Grim Reaper. Yeah. And I couldn't. (laughs) The closest I got was that he may have come from uh, uh, stories of Saturn and mixed with, you know, the boatsmen or the oarsmen, whatever you want to call them. Hey, if you don't go sci-fi, you have to go supernatural. And to to origin... Um, I'm tired of supernatural. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really... I'm stoked about that idea, man. It's, uh, It's cool. And... That's I, I love the little Lincoln idea too. It's uh it's like another book that I love. I don't know if you're familiar with Sean von Gorman. But I'm not uh, sure. Sean von Gorman is an artist who does a book called The Secret Adventures of Houdini. And, oh, I would love to read that. Oh, it's Houdini. very it's very good. I'll send you a link and stuff. But good. It's, <laughs> do that. Basically, in his spare time, he uses his great skills to fight crime. Oh, awesome. And solve mysteries and blah, blah, blah. So in his spare time, when he's not being the amazing Houdini, he's out being super tough, magic, smart guy. So See, he's like Sherlock Holmes styles. It's it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Sony needs that idea. Yeah. Instead of making a movie about emojis, they need to make that. <laughs> oh. Sony. Sony, come on. Yeah. Buy some comic books. Quit whining about Marvel and DC being owned by someone else. Yeah. Go buy some independent comic books and make those movies. Stop making movies about... Old video games yeah. and emojis, yeah, emojis. and tired like, old properties. Oh, it's just so shocking. Oh. Even if you need to take more comic books and make them, there's ones that could be made that aren't part of the big two that could be still just amazing oh, movies. There's that, so many great ideas. Yeah, that aren't aren't supernatural or aren't sci-fi. There's just some straight-up real stories. Like it's still, I think my favorite comic book movie ever is American Splendor. Oh, that's a beautiful film. It's incredible. I highly recommend it to every geek I, I Yeah, I yeah. More movies like that need to be made, and I think it would be a beautiful world, and we'd have uh, – <laughs> Alec could love his wondrous variety, and everything would be cool. So, you know, but, uh, you know, sounds good indeed. So the Kickstarter will be starting soon enough. Uh, I plan to drop this episode, kids. You'll be hearing this at the earliest – Probably a day or two before your Kickstarter drops. Then that would be awesome. So let's let's say the day it's August fifteenth. Uh, August fifteenth, <laughs> which is uh, let's we'll work this out right now, kids. Once I look at my calendar, August fifteenth is a Saturday. It's this Saturday, this coming Saturday. Oh, this coming Saturday. So yeah. what we're gonna do is we'll probably drop it on the Thursday or Friday there. And, uh, yeah, and then you kids can hear this, and then you can go right out and pledge and support this uh, really cool-sounding new idea. I can't wait to check out the Kickstarter (laughs) once it's live. Dude, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and uh, your work. It sounds real exciting, man. Awesome. It's a pleasure being here. Is, um, can, I drop, can I drop one more thing? No, I was about to say, uh, <laughs> spill spill your info. Tell them where they can okay. see stuff, uh, shout-outs, uh, Twitter handles, all that good stuff. Um, oh, Twitter handle. First, Black Suit of Death has a Twitter. He tweets every day. It's at BLK Suit of Death, and uh, my co-writer writes it. Oh, it's, it's the character tweeting? It's the character tweeting. <laughs> awesome. It is freaking hilarious. Awesome. I knew my friend was funny. 
I didn't know he was this funny. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a great job. I got to uh, applaud Ed for that. Um, but I also want to mention before we go that uh, on August 15th and during that weekend, we're having two early bird specials uh, for a pledge of $18 or more. <laughs> but if you click on the $18 reward, you will get uh, an exclusive signed copy of the comic script for Black Suit of Death number one. In addition to an author signed copy of Black Suit of Death number one and Black Suit of Death Ides of March. But if you bump up to $27, you also get an exclusive sketch of BSD plus a print copy of Black Suit of Death, the sketchbook. Nice. And those are our early day special or early bird specials. We're very excited. Um, when I first got, got started, I knew that writing a comic script would be similar to writing a screenplay, but I'd never seen how a comic script was written, so it took a long time to find it. I think I found it in um, Marvel's 1984. I think that graphic novel has a script in the back of it. Might be getting the date wrong. I forget what that, but it's a really cool alternate world one. Anyways. Right. It took me a while to like adjust. Like screenwriting, screenwriting oh, yeah, very skills translate very well into comic writing skills, but there's certain things that the artist needs, that the colorist needs, that the inker and letterer need in the script to get it done. And yeah. so one of the things I like to do is help uh, up and coming people. And I thought providing an actual full comic script, put it out there in the world, let some people take a look at how I do things, and maybe it'll help them write their own book someday. Right on. It's uh, that's great. It's uh, great to support and do things when you're thinking of others, and uh, we couldn't be more behind that around here. So, kids, uh, return the favor. Uh, go check this stuff out. Uh, check out Ben and all this cool shit that's coming out <laughs> of his brain for a very, very long time. Sounds like you're a grinder, sir, and uh, I appreciate that greatly. And uh, yeah, it's been fantastic chatting with you, sir. Yeah, you too. It's great meeting you. Um, yeah, you'll have to come back uh, once your Kickstarter is successful, and then we shall discuss what happens from then on in. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Thank you. Very cool. Kids, that is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy.